This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9. Good morning. It's 7.06 a.m. on Thursday, the 18th of January, 2024. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Keith Kam. In about half an hour, we're going to be discussing the market outlook for anti-obesity medication, which has really taken the world by storm over the past couple of years. But as always, we're going to kickstart the morning with how global markets closed overnight. Yeah, uh, Wall Street saw its first, its third straight uh, lose session overnight uh, and that was because Europe was also down as UK inflation unexpectedly picked up. Uh, the Dow Jones was 0.3% lower. The S&P 500 was down 0.6%. The Nasdaq closed 0.6% lower. Earlier in the day, it was also quite a red day for, for Asia. Uh, Japan's Nikkei was down 0.4%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng was down 3.7%. Shanghai's Composite was down 2.1%. Singapore's STI was down 1.3%. And at the FBMKLCI closed 0.2% lower at 1,491 points. Like, we don't even remember that Monday was above 1,500 anymore. <laughs> well, it was a red day all across the yeah. board. Uh, for some insights on where international markets could be heading, we have on the line with us Tony Nash, CEO of Complete Intelligence. Tony, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Now, roughly 30 S&P 500 companies have reported fourth quarter results thus far, with 78% beating expectations, yet the equity market in general hasn't been reacting as bullishly to those results as one might expect. I think all of the three major indices are down on a year-to-date basis. Mm -hmm. Why is that the case? Yeah, a big part of it is that, um, first of all, those expectations are much lower than they were uh, a couple years ago, even even last year. So those expectations that they beat are pretty low. Um, But in general, U.S. equity markets are really priced for perfection. So if a company doesn't come in with the perfect results, um, you know, valuations are so stretched that investors kind of beat them down. Um, we Today in the U.S., we had retail sales numbers come out, and the sales for December were very good, which uh, could potentially build the case for a Fed higher for longer um, uh, scenario, uh, which goes against the Fed expectations for easing kind of as soon as possible that you know a lot of hope investors are really hoping for. Um, so so the retail sales numbers are really what uh, it's kind of good news is bad news in the US right now. Uh, because it, if there is good news for the economy, it means the Fed will not ease or is unlikely to ease. So when we look at valuations in the U.S., they're very stretched. When we look at earnings in the U.S., earnings are um, you know below 5% on average, expect to be below 5% on average year on year, earnings growth that is. Um, but when we look at earnings over the past few years, it's really mirrored the inflation picture. And we've talked about this several times before, where when there isn't underlying inflation, then there isn't a justification for companies to expand their margins. So if your underlying product, let's say it's it's steel, if that inf- inflation if steel inflation is say 10%, you as a steel manufacturer or whatever are going to add another couple of percent on top of that, right? So everybody takes their their cut. If we see a static or even deflationary environment, the ability for companies to grow their earnings is really low. Mm. 
Uh, and it's just a much more difficult environment for them. So what we're looking at now, and not many people are willing to talk about this right now, but we're about to enter a cost-cutting cycle for companies because the ability to grow those earnings is really disappearing. So they're going to have to cut costs to grow earnings. Okay, I guess we're seeing that in terms of the number of jobs eliminated, tech sector, financial yep. sector. But That's uh, right. Tony, my, my question is, okay, if we assume that the Fed is really not going to be so aggressive with cutting rates, I think initially people were saying five, six times, I think the number's been brought down to three and four times for this year. What does this then mean for equity markets? Because it's likely that the US dollar will continue to remain strong and we are seeing that now. So doesn't the money still stay in U.S. equities versus an outflow into emerging markets, perhaps? Yeah, so our expectation of complete intelligence is for incremental equity valuation growth on the broad index scale. Okay, we have individual stock forecasts, but on the broad indices, it's it's incremental growth with a lot of intra-month volatility. So when we, when we talk about increment, incremental growth, that's kind of small positive movements month on month on average, okay? But intramonth, we're going to see a lot of up and down. Uh, now, with the Fed, uh, in terms of their raising interest rates, our sense is that it's probably not going to happen until May or June. Um, there are some people who are hopefully saying March, but we can't continue to get readings like we've been getting in the macroeconomic data and expect the Fed to cut. Just because equity markets are pulling back doesn't mean the Fed will cut. They don't They do not do that for equity markets. They do that for things like recession. They do that for things like uh, deflation and so on. Then again, Tony, uh, we're looking at share prices of stocks linked to AI like NVIDIA and AMD. They are still soaring. Uh, is tech, especially those re- related to AI, still going to be outperformers this year, no matter what happens politically or economically? And I was wondering how this ties into uh, what you said just now about about most companies going through a cost-cutting cycle eventually. Yeah, I think, you know, we have those two opposing forces, right? So one is the corporate drive to improve pro- profit. So that would tell you, hey, they, they're probably cutting back on capital spending. Um, the other one is kind of the seemingly endless hype uh, about AI. And so obviously the the hype about AI means uh, underlying strength in chips, okay? If companies are cost-cutting, that likely means that individual companies are unlikely to build their own AI and ML machine learning uh, platforms. They're likely to outsource it to people like Microsoft or Amazon or something like that. So so that would mean that those guys like Microsoft and Amazon would be buying more chips to power the AI that companies are going to use. So, you know, here in the US, I run an artificial intelligence company and, you know, Companies, a lot of companies over the past couple of years have tried to build their own artificial intelligence platforms. And that is just crazy because it's like every company trying to build their own word processing software, right? When you just end up buying Microsoft Word or whatever. So um, so we're likely to see CTOs and CIOs come back to their senses and say, hey, we can't build this stuff in-house. We need to have someone outside do this. Um, now, when you look at NVIDIA and AMD specifically, NVIDIA is trading at, I think, 73 times earnings right now. So that means um, they have to make the current earnings for 73 years to justify their price. AMD is trading at 1,423 times earnings, which is just 
crazy. So that tells me either AMD is going to have an incredible quarter next quarter or next year to to recalibrate that um, uh, that valuation. Um, or th- their share price is really in danger. I don't actually know. I mean, we have our own forecasts on this stuff, but personally, um, I don't know. But it seems to me that the AI hype cycle is maturing. We're not having the rate of growth uh, and hype that we had last year. That hype cycle is maturing. So are we going to see the rate of rise of individual share prices like we did last year? It's going to be really hard to do that. So um, does that mean that we're going to see a crash in these equities? doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Um, they could just taper off or, or slow their growth rate. Tony, thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Tony Nash, CEO of Complete Intelligence, giving us his take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, A lot to look out for, I think, as earnings season continues to unfold. Um, And let's take a look at that, some of the earnings that have come out overnight. Uh, We're beginning with Charles Schwab. Uh, They have reported fourth quarter profit that fell 47% to $1 billion on the back of bigger interest payments on its client deposits and debt, offsetting gains from increased asset management fees. Net interest revenue fell 30% to about $2 billion. Uh, Charles Schwab, like major banks, are affected by the US Fed's aggressive rate hikes. Uh, The brokerage paid an average of 1.4% on deposits compared to 0.5% a year earlier. Uh, They also borrowed from the Federal Home Loan Bank in the first half of 2023 to supplement its funding sources. And it paid an interest of $423 million on those loans. It was four times higher than the year earlier. So it really, really adds up. Okay, so this is the granddaddy of online trading. It emerged way back in the two, 2000s. But their CEO is basically saying they've never seen such difficult times. I think for them, it's a confluence of factors. They, of course, were hit by the higher interest rates, so they had to pay much more for their deposits. Brokerage also came down as a result. New assets fell as much as 48%. So basically, I think tough times ahead for this company. And if you look at just the analysts, what are their recommendations for this company? Uh, stock the current they're just well still okay mm-hmm. 19 buys five holes two sells consensus target price for this stock 74 us dollars at 65 cents uh, during regular market hours at one time it was down seven percent but it did close just down 86 cents to 63 us dollars and 45 cents but after this very negative earnings call i won't be surprised if many analysts go out and cut their numbers well, speaking of negative earnings call, we're not expecting Verizon's fourth quarter results until next week, January 23rd. But perhaps they're starting to manage expectations by uh, issuing this statement that it will take a $6 billion US dollar write down in the fourth quarter as it reduces the value of its declining wireline business, which includes legacy voice and data services. And this segment has been under particular pressure from strong competition, an uncertain economy and a broader shift to wireless services. The company cut its financial projections for its business unit, which caters to businesses and government clients after a five-year review. And those those account for more than a fifth of the company's revenue. 
not very hot on Wall Street. 14 buys, 15 holds, 4 sells. Consensus target price for this stock, 41 US dollars and 65 cents. Uh, current share price, 38 dollars and 87 cents. But guys, this is fourth quarter. So I can imagine a lot of corporates doing as much kitchen sinking as possible and releasing as bad results <laughs> as possible. Uh, it's all about managing expectations. And then they, then they can say, look, 2023, bad. Okay, never mind. We move on. Everyone, just look to 2024. All right, we'll see what comes out of their earnings results next week. 7.18 in the morning. We're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back to cover more of the top stories in the newspapers and portals today. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.